WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. Welcome to Panhandle Live, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, helping individuals, families, businesses, and all their legal needs. The right attorney can make all the difference in your cases. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation, they provide legal counsel tailored to all your needs. Visit Sutton Janelle's new historic location at 1606 at 224 West King Street, filling in for Jordan that's joining me is Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, how are you this morning? Hey, good morning. Marsha Kavalik here. We're joining In Progress, a conversation we had with Boys and Girls Club of the Eastern Panhandle CEO, Stacy Roan, talking about some construction that is going on at the Martinsburg Club and their plans for the summer. Let's listen in. Hey, we started knocking down walls. Wow. Um, we're doing some renovation in that club and, you know, it's long overdue and it, I'm so excited that, you know, some of that some of that work that that we've wanted to do for the last several years is really underway. So back this up and paint the picture. The Martinsburg, the whole club is kind of evacuated for a period of time. So we the children are evacuated. (laughs) Um, Staff go in and do a little bit of work, but we are we demoed bathrooms. Wow. So uh, that's exciting, though. Yeah. and And everybody's like, you're excited about the bathroom. Of course you are. But Absolutely. I think Think back 19, you know, early 1900s, that place was a, um, it was the armory. So, you know, it was, the bathrooms just really needed some love mm-hmm. and they have for a long time. So what will they be like when you're all done? Like, will there be, you know, extra rooms or how does that work? So we, we went through a safety assessment with Boys and Girls Clubs of America. That was a big piece of our, our safety strategy was to really go in, evaluate each of our facilities and make sure that, um, that we were protecting children. And one of those, and we've been doing this for a long time, is just one child in, one child out of the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Just so, you know, sometimes kids can go in to a bathroom as a group and it, it's, it may not always be safe. So we have, uh, we had an architect who developed a, a design that has six different si- single stall bathrooms. Oh, wow. So there's with, a, with your own doors, own door. So, you know, a full bathroom sink, um, hand, hand washing station, and it's one person in one person out. So it's really created a, a safety measure and, or put a safety measure in place that we've needed. And we also, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about entry into our buildings. Um, Especially with the ha- what happened this week with the school shooting in, Abs- in Texas. Absolutely. Um, that would be the most devastating thing to have to tell a parent that their child was harmed in one of our facilities. And um, we, you know, when we went through our safety process, we were doing, we were doing a, a good job, but it needed to be great. So our, all of our buildings are locked down. Um, the point of entry is there's one point of entry in every facility now. And they, and a, a parent or a visitor has to be let in, and they can't access the rest of our buildings until they enter and are greeted by that front desk person. I know anyone who's had 
a, a child in a local school system, whether it's public or private, has probably had to fill out that information at the beginning of the year, which kind of seems onerous with all the packets that come home. However, one of the questions they ask is, who is allowed to escort your child? Who is allowed to pick up your child? Are those kinds of questions asked at the Boys and Girls Club as well? Absolutely. And we ask for, even though we have that list, if, we, if we're not familiar with that person, if it's not someone that has historically picked that child up, we ask for ID. Um, that's, that's one area where we don't play around because a child's safety is our, our utmost um, priority. So because it would be sure. really easy mm-hmm. for someone to walk in and say, yeah, I'm, I'm hurt. And I, I know I'm on the paperwork, you know, and just not and, even and be that person. And we've had that before because I, I know in our community we have a lot of friends who they refer to themselves as, as you know, aunt and mm-hmm. uncle or sure. you know, some sort family of family friends. member. And um, so, and we have called parents on it and said, you know, there's someone here and we, we need guidance on what to do. And, you know, through the years we've we've worked to – really um, enhance our safety measures and make sure that we were taking the best care of children that we possibly can. And it seems like a hassle until it's not. I mean, obviously, uh, whenever your guard is let down, things happen. Absolutely. Stacey Roan is with us from the Boys and Girls Club of the Eastern Panhandle. Uh, You know, on a fun note, you guys just wrapped up the Stephanie Pearson Champion for Youth Dinner. It was an outdoor event and honored an amazing man. It was beautiful. Um, the 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 weather for the day we couldn't have called in a better day, and um, Michael Knoll is our honoree. The best time our kids provided entertainment. Michael Michael got up and sang and danced with the kids. It was <laughs> oh, wow. just it really validated the reason why he was our champion for youth. Um, just such a such a neat neat man who created many opportunities for young people to. Um, step in front of a in front of a crowd and be comfortable in that space. Even a young Stacy, I understand. Yes, even a young Stacy. I, I had I got to kind of cut my chops on the stage at the Apollo um, a few years ago. <laughs> and look at you now. I mean, you you have no problem talking in front of a lot of folks and doing it, things and and getting uh, people in positions of power. Yeah, exactly. To bend to your will. It, it, well, <laughs> Is that a Michael Knoll thing? <laughs> um, it was. So, and some of the young people, I talked about being in Berkeley Springs um, yesterday. Right. There were a couple of the kids in Morgan County that um, had really taken to him. So he said, I'm going to go up to Morgan County with you and we're going to we're going to do some work with the kids up there and, and get, get them connected to theater up in Morgan County. Um, because the, these young people, they when they're given a chance to shine, it's they shine bright. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And as well as that, you got some more summer programs coming up, right? So we do. Um, like I said, we are we are in Calvary United Methodist Church. One thing that is is happening with that summer program is is the numbers. Uh, we're going into someone else's home, and we want to make sure that we don't overload that space. So so our summer program in uh, Berkeley County is full. We do have a wait list and. Um, Next year, when we're back in our own facility, we'll be able to certainly accommodate more children. But um, and then Jefferson County, I think, was getting close to capacity. Wow! <laughs> and we still and we still have some room in Morgan County. Uh, our summer programs are really creative and innovative. I love what our staff 
um, what our staff do. Or give and, us some bullet points. What are some of the cool okay. things you guys are doing? And I, I, I know it's probably like asking you to pick your favorite kid, but, but what are some of the really neat programs that you're offering during the summer? So in, I do know in Berkeley County, they are, we're, we're running the program from, um, June the 13th. Is that the, Oh, I'm sure all 13th of those, is the Monday. So June those the 13th, dates are available online. Yeah, right? June the 13th <laughs> yeah. through, um, the week of, we're taking a break the week of July 4th. So the first three weeks we're doing an avatar theme. Oh, and well, then oh. the last four weeks we're um, we're using Harry Potter themes. So they, the kids are divided into houses and they can collect points based on activities that they do. And, um, and there's a lot of leadership opportunities for kids. So they, they, you know, get a chance to be um, helpful in that, in that space. We really want to make sure that our young people are, are caring for um, Calvary United Methodist Church mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and taking care of it. When you're a, when you're a guest in someone else's home, you always want to leave it better than you found it. So, and it's it's uh, true to your brand that, that you these kids are not just passively getting a service provided to them. They grow up through the club and then they become you know, helpers. They become mentors and and uh, understand that feeling of giving back. Absolutely, our. So at the Stephanie Pearson Champion for Youth event, we had one of our alumni come back and speak. And John A. Jackson is now an officer in Petersburg, Virginia. And she um, she really spoke about, you know, the leadership opportunities that she gained in the club. And as she grew up, she became a junior staff. And one of the young people that she mentored, her name was Justice. So she gave her um, her Youth of the Year speech the year that she was our Youth of the Year. You know, she she said, you know, I stand for justice, and it has carried through in her life. And now she works with, um, she she's working with young people in trauma. So when a family is, you know, when someone's arrested um, because they've committed a crime against a young person, she's training right now to be a forensic interviewer. Wow, to really help wow. in that process. So. Uh, just amazing, amazing leadership opportunity that she took into her adulthood. Mm-hmm. And it's really framed her life and what she wants to do with it. You know, I feel like she was here. She, she, we interviewed she, her when she was going to a national event. She was and, on the air with us mm-hmm. um, in 2017, I think. And I, I remember thinking, what a great opportunity, but look what she's done with that. Absolutely. So she graduated from Virginia State University and the police academy in Virginia simultaneously. Oh, wow. wow. And she did it with honors. And, you know, this is a little girl in second grade who refused to read. She didn't like to read, and she didn't want to. She didn't want to do it. Um, and we just, we made it fun. And we said, you're going to read. You're going to be smart. You're going to grow up, and you're going to be this amazing human. And look at that. And at second grade, you know, you don't always think, you're not thinking about, well, who will I be when I grow up? But we did it in a way that she found this love of the club and of her friends and all the opportunities that she could have that were afforded to her. And um, and she made our lives better as adults. I, you know, I look back and think, wow, I I'm better because I knew that young woman. Special kid. Yeah, really. absolutely. Not awesome. my favorite. I don't have any favorites. <laughs> okay. Like all right. Said, wow. But, okay. Um, but definitely one of my favorites. 
For sure. And as well as another event coming up, you have the 12th annual Inside the Huddle with Tony Caridi as well. It's coming up August 5th, right? We do, yes. So all of my Mountaineer friends, come on out. Uh, we are celebrating again at Rick Pill, Dave Pill, and Terry Hess's property um, down along the river. And it it is going to be a fantastic event. I can't wait to celebrate. I, I'm a Mountaineer through and through, so I can't wait to celebrate what what's happening with the team and and do it for a great cause, which is to support the young people like John A. and like uh, like our graduates to to make sure that they do make it across the stage and and have a plan for what their future might look like. And do people, when they come to that event, do they get to have FaceTime with Tony and say, "Here's what I think is going to happen with this new recruitment team and with all the 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 transfer portal, you know, stuff that's been happening." They do so, and you know, a lot of times he'll kind of walk around the crowd and talk with people. Um, he, they can pose questions, so we take questions from the from the field, and everyone can can kind of ask, "Well, what's going to happen here?" And he does; he provides a lot of great insight. Um, I haven't been following as closely, but my husband said the other day that we got a four-star recruit. Mm-hmm. So Wide I'm, receiver. Mm-hmm. I'm excited that... Parker would know this. <laughs> that, thanks, Parker. <laughs> you you and Rick could have a great conversation about Mountaineer football. <laughs> oh, goodness. I've, I've followed Mountaineer football since I was a tiny tot, so it's been... It's, I grew up on West Virginia football. And it's been a year, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it's been a year. So, and I think people are hopeful too, because even though they've lost some people that they kind of were hoping would stay, um, they're getting other folks in to, to fill those. They are, you know, with this transfer portal process, it's really kind of thrown things up on their ear, but you know, when, when we can get a, a when we can get a recruit that's comparative to what Alabama might get, that's, that's pretty exciting. For sure, yeah, especially with that uh, new quarterback they got coming in. He was a uh, Georgia player. He's, he was the starter for them, originally a five-star recruit. How do you remember all this stuff? I don't – yeah. Anyway, so uh, Inside the Huddle is uh, Friday, August 5th. Are you guys still looking for sponsors or we, just attendees? We are absolutely looking for sponsors. So if that's an event that you're interested in, I think we're going to throw the flyer up on the website maybe or mm-hmm. up on your Facebook. Sure. So, uh, so be looking for that flyer and – um, and also be looking for a phone call where our committee is uh, our committee is going to be strong. So I think we're going to um, have some some people reaching out for sponsorship. Again, we've been speaking with Boys and Girls Club of the Eastern Panhandles, Stacy Roan. Stacy, f- give us a website and phone number to get a hold of you at. Phone number is 304-263-1832 and website www.bgcepwv.net. And there he is once again, Boys and Girls Club, Stacey Rowan with us more on Panel Alive here in just a little bit. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back into Panhandle Live. If you missed our conversation with Boys and Girls Club East of the Eastern Panhandle CEO, Stacey Roan, you can visit it back on our Facebook page later today. Parker Stone filling in for Jordan for today, as well as Marsha Kavalik. Marsha, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. So I uh, hopefully people who have weather, you know, outside events this weekend will not get rained out. But you should know uh, there is some uh, unsettled weather and there is a tornado watch where our listening area is under a tornado watch. That's not a warning. It's not like imminent. 
but just keep an eye on the weather until 2 p.m. That's what the National Weather Service has suggested. You can read that full watch uh, on our Facebook page. Yeah, definitely for sure. Just a watch, not a warning. Mm -hmm. No need to go into panic mode. It's just, hey, it could get a little bad, but I'd say more times than not, the watches are more precautionary than anything else. Right. And, you know, it could... It could be really unsettled in one set, you know, area and and fine in another. So, uh, unfortunately, it's a Memorial Day weekend and people have all these plans to do things outside. I know my my daughter went to a, a beach in the region with her friends yesterday. Came back red as a lobster. Phew. Yeah, it's like, you know the first you know outside trip. Oh, always the first tan <laughs> of the new year gets you nice yeah, and lobstery, right? I'm not sure a tan is what I saw, but she, yeah, she she didn't want me commenting on it, so she probably is not happy that come <laughs> if she hears me commenting on it on the radio. But um, you know, obviously, we're hoping for good weather for folks. Um, and and uh, Jordan, of course, is having fun at Dell Fest this mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah, he's over that way right now. We were talking a little bit earlier today. <laughs> Hopefully, he uh, it won't get ran over at Del Fest by <laughs> Del Curry again. That I don't. Was it. Yeah, I don't know if he um if he told that story on air or not, but it was hysterical because he said he was walking around. It was Del Fest, which is a four day festival mm-hmm. in Cumberland, and uh, the headliner, of course, is the namesake Del Del uh, McCurry, and he um was riding around in a golf cart. And almost struck our Jordan Ice Warner. My goodness. So, <laughs> only only Jordan has these type of stories, it seems like. So anyway, but I guess, you know, bluegrass, it's worth it, right? So all, all for the bluegrass. Yeah, he um I didn't actually expect him to um to message me at all. Like I think I I if I was away at something like that, I might forget that work existed. <laughs> but he sent me a quick uh, note and a photo that just said Dell. And he looked like he was probably about five rows in mm-hmm. to the audience, and he's tall enough he could see over. Oh everyone. yeah, definitely. And there, there, there was uh, the man, the myth, the legend up on stage. So there he was. Yeah. So um, yeah. So hopefully they won't have uh, you know bad weather over there, mm-hmm. um, and he'll have a great story to tell when he comes back. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back in to Panhandle Live, brought to you as always by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, Mediation, they provide legal counsel tailored to your needs. Visit Sutton and Janelle's new historic location at downtown Martinsburg, 224 West King Street, or online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Parker Stone. With me, Marsha Kavalik. This morning has been a good one so far. We talked with Boys and Girls Club of the Eastern Panhandle CEO, Stacey Rona. We discussed a little bit of some of the things going on with them coming up, as well as some other weather updates going on, a mm-hmm. tornado watch on top of that. So... Been a pretty eventful Friday morning, to say the least. You can find uh, details about that tornado watch at um, all of our station Facebook pages. So um, you can check out the details about that. I'm hoping that maybe they'll, you know, the weather will get better and they'll, you know, cancel it. But 
I hope so. Hopefully it doesn't make its way down south because we were talking with Stacy. <laughs> Stacy's actually got a wedding she's attending this weekend as two well. Week, two week, two weddings, excuse two, me. Two weddings in mm-hmm. one weekend. My and goodness. you've got one. And I've, right? I've got a wedding tomorrow. Yeah, you're not getting married. No, th- thankfully not. <laughs> I feel I feel sorry for the poor fool who gets tossed into that one. But no, it's not. It's one of my best friends from high school, Seth. Wow. He's, he, he's getting married to... I wouldn't... Well, they started dating about our, our junior year in high school, mm-hmm. so she would have been a sophomore. So they've been dated. They dated through most of high school and through college, and now, now he's working as I think an accountant. I believe mm-hmm. now he's working as an accountant. And oh, he's got like legitimately all grown up, and he's he's all grown up and everything. He's an accountant decisions. in Salem, and uh-huh. then his girlfriend or fiance, soon to be wife Laurel, she is actually going to Virginia Tech for veterinarian school. Very so. nice. And so making the, all those adult decisions. If you've ever watched Bambi, you'll know that something will happen if you ever get Twitter pated. So maybe you'll change your mind about all those wedding things. Who you know, knows? Who knows? Who but knows? here's hoping for good weather for uh, that bride and groom and all the brides and grooms out there who are uh, who chose this weekend because, you know, everyone's going to have a three day weekend. Might as well throw the party. There and, you go. Yeah. So um, it is also, of course, a very solemn day. Memorial Day is on Monday. It is a day set aside to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice in service to our country. And, um, you know, of course, we've got Veterans Day and Armed Forces Day, which was just recently mm-hmm. uh, recognized. Veterans Day, of course, in November, where we, you know, acknowledge uh, folks who have served in the military who are still with us. But Memorial Day, very poignant because that is a day when, um, you know, we kind of stop and observe the fact that some people stepped up to serve and they gave everything they had. Absolutely, yes. And Memorial Day kind of hits home to my family as well. I had... I had a great grandfather that served in World War II. He's mm-hmm. since passed since then. And my grandfather has also also served in Vietnam. So that's definitely all all these military themed holidays definitely struck a chord with me, especially. And I didn't know until you brought up this morning, Marsha, that Memorial Day wasn't always Memorial Day, right? Well, um, I think it it stands for something different in different communities. Some people call it Decoration Day. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't take anything away from the solemnity of the fact that we're, you know, recognizing folks who served in the military. But a lot of families just take the opportunity. I know my family, when I was growing up, and my, my mom still does this, would just go to the cemetery and mm. and decorate, you know, every loved one's, you know, grave in the, in the family. So they, you know, freshen up the flowers and um, it's a time to, you know, take care of the, the headstone and all that, mm. wash that off. And so it was a day to kind of honor folks in your family who'd passed away as well, by extension, even if they hadn't been veterans. Yeah, definitely a type of thing to where take care of these people that have passed on, Mm -hmm. people that have been around. And I think I saw this morning, I read something, it popped up out of the blue. It actually, the holiday wasn't recognized as Memorial Day until 1971. I did not know that at all. It was actually called Decoration Day all the way up until then. Really? Yes. And in 1971, it was recognized as Memorial Day. It was set as the last Monday of May. Mm-hmm. And before then, I think it was just usually the 30th or 31st all the time. One wow. or two. But now it's been established last Monday in May, Memorial Day. It's 1971. So um, uh, there are some events happening in the four state. And uh, I found a really great compilation on the Herald Mail. They just, you know, they put all kinds of different events from different areas uh, in the four state together. 
Uh, so I'm not going to try to to beat that, but I'm going to give you some um, highlights. Of course, we've been talking about the Pawpaw mm-hmm. Parade. That's kind of going to take over downtown uh, Pawpaw because they're doing a car show and a vendor event and then uh, a, an, an actual um, uh, veterans, um, I guess, it's a, a, a solemn occasion to, mm. to mark the, the occasion down at um, the monument. And then, and that's at 11, the mm. uh, car show and vendor event get, get underway at 9 at Pawpaw. And then the actual parade kick, uh, steps off at 1 yes. in the afternoon. So mm. that's going to be like, if you're in Pawpaw, you're doing Memorial Day events that's, on Saturday. That's going to take over the entire mm-hmm. town of Pawpaw. So that's that's tomorrow. The town of Sharpsburg, and apparently this is the large or longest running. Did, did I read that right? Uh, parade in in the country. The town of Sharpsburg will hold a Memorial Day ceremony, uh, followed by its Memorial Day parade. This is on Saturday. The um, ceremony is at eleven. The parade is at two. Weather permitting, here we go, <laughs> hope the weather stands, the Hagerstown Aviation Museum will conduct a flyover of its World War II PT-19 trainers. I've seen those oh, at, wow. the, at the museum. They were manufactured here at Fairchild Oh my gosh, during World War II. So um, they're going to do a flyover. They're going to have two uh, gentlemen from World War II veterans, uh, Wilbur Jackson, uh, Jack Myers of the Hagerstown area, and Sergeant Guy Whidden of Braddock Heights, Maryland. They're the parade grand marshals and will speak during that 11 a.m. Uh, service. And uh, in on June 6th of 1944, Whidden jumped with the 8th Air Force into Normandy. Wow. And, yeah. And uh, was injured during heavy mortar fire. He later became a jump school instructor training paratroopers until the end of the war. Uh, retired Sergeant Guy Whidden served in the 692nd Tank Destroyer Battalion, uh, operated a three-inch gun towed by a half-track, and worked an M36 Tank Destroyer while serving in Europe during the war. My so, goodness. Legends, that's, right? That's uh, uh, that's the definition of American heroes right yeah, there. That is amazing. Stepping up to serve. So, um Antietam is able to to bring back its decorating the field of uh, the flags there for the first time in two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hagerstown's doing a field of flags. The American Legion in uh, in Hagerstown is doing an event as well. Boonesboro is having a parade, and that is on Sunday at two p.m. Uh, the Boonesboro American Legion. Clopper Michael Post 10 is having that parade at 2 p.m. Sunday, May 29th in Boonesboro. A wreath-laying ceremony and memorial service will be at 1 p.m. in front of Town Hall. Marty Snook uh, Park in Washington County will have their event on Monday, May 30th. uh, And Rest Haven Funeral Home and Cemetery will commemorate uh, Memorial Day at 11 a.m. on Monday. Antietam will resume its Memorial Day program at 11 a.m. Monday at the Parks National Cemetery. Again, as I mentioned, after a two-year hiatus due to COVID-19. And uh, they're going to have a special speaker, a professor of history of the American Civil War, speak there because, of course, uh, you know, Antietam is a Civil War battlefield. And you know, I think we often think Memorial Day, we're talking, we're thinking about people from very recent Mm-hmm. Um, conflicts, but Antietam is all about the Civil War mm-hmm. uh, battle that was fought and fought. And you know, regionally, you can find cemeteries that have soldiers who fought on the Union side and on the Confederate side. Wow! You know, um, it, because some of them, the families couldn't get the Confederate soldiers home. 
Yeah, it was a lot of that was middle ground territory. Right. It was a lot of a lot of those battles happened within that area between what was at the time the West Virginia Virginia split. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely a line between those two. You would see a lot of both sides, which is which is kind of intriguing when you look at it. And yeah, you're right. It's not just focusing on like the recent passings of current soldiers from like Iraq, the Iraqi wars mm-hmm. and such like that. This is dating all the way back to relativism, even like the revolution. Right. Like this, this is to honor all of those who have passed, which as well as the big event, the uh, the national event, the uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier will be going mm-hmm. down on Monday. And had that been canceled or or changed I, during the pandemic? Is that I one of those things that people are... I don't think they did it. Or maybe 20, they... At least in 2020, I don't mm-hmm. think they did, but... I'm not sure if they didn't. I think they may have in 21. And that's usually star-studded with some famous people and groups and mm-hmm. that uh, providing entertainment as well. Um, back to the Antietam area, Sharpsburg Elementary. I thought this was an interesting tidbit. I'm going to give you this for your show prep if you want to use any of these later on your other position as a as an amazing uh, disc jockey. But um, <laughs> Sharpsburg Elementary's fifth graders are scheduled to, were scheduled to place 5,000 flags. One for every headstone at the cemetery. Oh wow! Up there in Sharpsburg, so, um, so yeah, obviously a lot of uh, events. Waynesboro is having a parade and ceremony as well, um, and Cha- uh, Chambersburg Twenty One Day Retreat Organization is sponsoring the Memorial Day parade and ceremony in Chambersburg, uh, and that is happening on Monday at nine fifteen a.m. That the parade begins at nine fifteen a.m. And in Martinsburg, uh, the Martinsburg Veterans of Foreign Wars Post 896 is hosting a free lunch for the community at its Queen Street Post around noon on Monday. There will be a Memorial Day service during that lunch, and that follows the pancake breakfast at War Memorial Park, which you might be part of. Yeah, that is actually what's going on this Monday. We have the Pancakes for Polio breakfast brought to you by the Rotary Club of Martinsburg. It's going to start at 8.30. You can get you some... I've heard these pancakes are amazing, so this is going to be a first time for me. I don't know well. if I've ever had a bad pancake, though. It's hard to make a bad pancake. Yeah. It is very hard to make a bad <laughs> pancake. But the they're bringing out pancakes starting at 8.30. It'll last all the way to 10.30 will be the breakfast. There'll be some of your favorites for breakfast. they got sausage. They've got sausage gravy. Oh, so it's not just pancakes. It's, it's, it's going to be a big breakfast is what I'm thinking as nice. well. And then, yes, as well, myself and Jordan Ice Warner, who will be straight back from Del Fest. <laughs> he will be back. And I'm sure Jordan will talk about Del Fest and everything that mm-hmm. he went through over the weekend. Enjoyed it. I'll have to ask him if he got ran over by a golf cart this time. Right, right. And Give him a hard time about that. And yes, we'll be broadcasting Panhandle Live live from the breakfast at War Memorial Park. We'll be there from 9 to 10 broadcasting. And you can come say hi. We'll have some Panhandle News Network shirts there as well. You could be one of the lucky few to get one. Right. So um, our our market manager said, take as many shirts as you want to. So That sounds I like th- free reign. I think if someone wants a Panhandle News Network t-shirt, which you can see on our Facebook page, we are all sporting them in different pictures, uh, you can stop by. Chat with Parker and Jordan and uh, tell them your shirt size, and I bet they can hook you up. And um, maybe you'll get on air. Hey, you never know. You, you <laughs> never know. Hey, they, they put me on air one day, and, they've, <laughs> and then, they've let, I've just stuck around. Just, so 
Is that how a radio career starts? You just kind of wander into a studio one you day? You just wander in one day and you say something and, and they're, they're like, hey, you're not too bad. <laughs> hey, you can... You can you can hop on in. They I haven't, guess they haven't kicked you off yet, so we might start a few careers on Monday. You never know. You never roll know. Roll by and chat with you guys. Well, um, we'll have some more Panhandle Live when we come back from this quick break. But bookmark all of those events and uh, again that big rundown at the Herald Mail. Uh, media.com and uh, the breakfast on Monday you can of course visit with uh, Jordan and Parker and uh, anyway more Panhandle Live after this quick break Live and local it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back in to Panhandle Live. I'm Parker Stone filling in for Jordan today as well as joined by Marsha Gavalik. And, uh, you know, we were talking to Stacey Roan earlier, and one of the things she mentioned was um, that event they had, the Boys and Girls Club of the Eastern Panhandle had the Stephanie Pearson Champion for Youth dinner, and she was talking about what a great guy Michael Knoll is. We talked to him. You can access that whole podcast on our March 25th um, Panhandle Live uh podcast on on Facebook or Spotify but here's a bit of an excerpt so you can see kind of the backstory how did Mike Knoll get into theater in Berkeley County right, so let's hear about Mike Knoll where did you grow up and and how did you get into theater you know what oh, made yeah. what motivates you to do the things that create so much work for you but create so much good in the community well it all started back in uh, <laughs> in high school I guess because uh, when I was in high school where the rest of the kids would take off and and have a day off uh, when when the teachers were in in session. I was in the auditorium doing my visual stuff and setting up visual aids and and running the uh, the, the tech. I got involved with my cousin uh, Kenny Cloen over at the Ward Martinsburg High School in the stage group. So I was uh, so at that time the, the anything that happened in Martinsburg happened at Martinsburg High School. Mm-hmm. That's where they had the concerts. That's where the the uh, uh, Lions Club had their minstrels. The JCs had their follies, and so <clears throat> that's where I got my start. And also, uh, glad as that got me interested in in performing on stage. I played uh, uh, Winthrop, uh, Andrew Carnes. Uh, I was Pappy Oakum in in uh, Little Abner. They kept you busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then what's the interesting thing is this year is fifty years of my. Um, uh, being associated with the with the what was then the Berkeley County Civic Theater, which is today we changed the name to the Apollo Civic Theater, and that uh, in 1972, um, Doug Stewart, uh, senior, called me back in Martinsburg and asked me to uh, stage manage the Echoes of the Valley, which was a 200th anniversary of Berkeley County, and it was held out on on Coburn Field, and so he got me involved with that. And there were three ladies that were the drama coaches and my assistant uh, uh, stage stage uh, or assistant stage managers, mm-hmm. uh, Edwin Odom, uh, Winifred Liker, and Hannah Fortney. And uh, Winifred Liker was actually one of the original signers of the on the corporate documents back in 1939 when when Berkeley County Civic Theater formed. And so they got me involved, started talking about theater and that, and uh, said they that this this. Uh, Bicentennial, he calls the catalyst for uh, the people wanting to have a community theater. And the Berkeley County Civic Theater went dormant back in 1960, and they were starting it up as a as a reading theater in 1970. And so they said, "We want to we want to put on a, a play." So 
I said, fine. And so we kind of went our separate ways. And then I got this call in December and he says, Hey, are you going to be in town? I said, yeah. Well, meet us at the, at the town cinema. We want to talk to uh, Elwood Lane. So we, I'm at the town cinema. Okay. Where was the town cinema? The town cinema was the Apollo civic theater. Okay. Ah, okay. All right. Say they renamed it. Uh, Mr. Lane in 1960, when he bought it, uh, renamed it from the Apollo theater to the town cinema. So at that time we walked in, the theater was, was just drab painted blue, None of that gold mm-hmm. stuff. And we uh, went backstage, and it was the offices backstage. We opened up the door, and there was this massive stage. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what can we do with that? And so that's how I got involved with the, uh, with the uh, theater group. And um, I used to uh, travel. Uh, I, I was going to school out in, in Columbus, Ohio. And I'd come home on Friday and uh, drop my clothes off at my parents uh, and uh, would uh, go in the theater and sleep all, all week. In, in, in a weekend in the theater and come back around 12 o'clock Sunday night and pick up my, my clothes and drive back to Columbus, Ohio. Okay, wait, I have to ask you this. Okay, so you were going to the Ohio Ohio State? Or- no, Ohio Institute of Technology. Okay, it was all right. Technical, because I'm a, I'm, a, uh, I'm a satellite communication engineer. Okay. So that's what's my back. So you get home. You, we need you, to get you on here at the station. We need some engineers. So you're driving like seven hours home and yeah. your mom sees you. You drop off your laundry and whatever. And then she doesn't see you. You're like at the theater, the, which is better than the bar, I guess. But like, that's where you were spending all your free time. All the free time, because we were getting it ready for, uh, well, let's see, we opened up with uh, um, Oklahoma, which was nice. the first show in March of uh, 1973. And nice. were you behind the scenes there? Were you? <laughs> you won't. You won't see my name on the first few because I was in on the weekend, so I wasn't actually at the actual productions because I was at school. So uh, again, speaking with the Apollo Theaters, Michael Knoll. So fast forward um, to you kind of running things out oh. there. So what got you into you know really focusing on you know the youth, the youth? and the youth plays and you know getting the youth involved in theater? Well, that's simple. Um, back in. Uh, the theater, when we bought it in 75, we were closed for five years. We opened back up in 1980, and um, we uh, joined Seams Waldsworth. Um, what a name. Uh, yeah, great well, name. A well-known Seam, name. Yeah, yeah. and uh, she, was, uh, mm-hmm. she was uh, uh, manager of the DMA Follies, and so uh, she came to us and wanted to do the Follies. So we did the Follies down to the Apollo for a number of years, and um, uh, Stu Borger came in one day, and he had this magazine uh, from the Etna Corporation. And uh, in the magazine, it, it had this thing about the Etna Corporation had this uh, grant that we could apply for. And again, that was an excerpt from Michael Knoll when he had a discussion with Marsha and Jordan a while back. You can access that back on our Panhandle Live Facebook and Spotify mm-hmm. as well on top of that. Yeah, so uh, interesting story that, you know, when he was going to college, he was also coming down here and spending his weekends just sleeping on the floor or whatever in the Apollo or, you know, trying to, trying to get, um, productions ready and, and wasn't even on some of the, um, the, the, uh, programs because he was away at school. Funny enough. He's, <laughs> that's, that's something to respect. Always when you do something, you got to go in realizing you're going to have to put in a lot of time and some stuff you're not going to be wanting to do, but you just got to do it. And that is why he is a champion for youth and, uh, well, well-deserved, and we're happy that we got a chance to talk to him. Exactly. That's Seeing that excerpt, it definitely highlighted some of the bigger things he talked about and mm-hmm. his grind to get where he is today. And I, I am always a person who you got to embrace the grind. You, yeah. whatever, Whether at school, whether that's work, 
wherever they're at playing around a golf. Well, you'll be working on Monday, but hopefully you'll get some pancakes. And you guys can go see Parker and Jordan on Monday at the Pancakes for Polio Breakfast uh, by the Rotary Club of Martinsburg at yeah. War Memorial Park. Yeah, it should be a great time, too. I'm excited to experience it. And these pancakes, I hear they're really good. We're going to be live again. We'll be live from 9 to 10. You can start getting your pancakes at 8.30. And they, it sounds like these are going to be really good, too. Also, not just pancakes. You've got sausage, sausage gravy, and more. Mm-hmm. And we're going to honor those who served our great country. Memorial service will be following the pancake breakfast at 11 as well. So stick around for that. Sounds like it's going to be a great time. But that's all the time we have for your Friday. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Again, Jordan and I will see you come Monday. And Marsha, you have a great Memorial Day weekend yourself. You too. Take care. It's been Pan Alive.